Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Once again, welcome to A Deeper Dive. I'm sitting here with Sam, and we are in the book of Daniel. We are. We have closed the door, at least temporarily, on the book of Mark. I went through all the chapters, talked through it. Easter was the last one, and now we are under the book of Daniel. This past week, uh, we discussed Daniel 1 and kind of looked through that and, and looking forward to I've talked about it on this podcast for multiple weeks now. It feels like I'm excited about this and looking how... Daniel's culture, uh, he impacted it, and it kind of impacted him too, and and how he stood for God. But uh, Sam, yes, we're in Daniel one. We are, and I know you're distraught that the book is not named after you, but Daniel does sound like Samuel for the record. So we could we could have fun with that as well. I just realized you have a book you're named after or named after you first second Samuel I've got two I have of them. a book Andrew is sitting here <laughs> and he's in the Bible but he has no book yeah that's a sad thing for Andrew we'll, he's we'll have to feeling well. left out again you're listening to a deeper dive uh, I'm sitting here with Sam I said all that but if you want to like share um, pound the the pound sign hashtag whatever <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that all the things to this podcast again because it helps us. Um, and as we get into Daniel, we know you will have questions, so send questions to 96123, text in that word. It'll give you a prompt, and I get those, a couple other people's, uh, people, a couple other people, sorry, I can't speak right now, a couple other people get those, and we look through those and kind of determine what we're going to talk about, and we have some good questions this week to dig through. Yes, I'm eager to jump in, and I've been looking forward to a walk through the book of Daniel for a little while now. Daniel was in Babylon, uh, a, a city that was the largest city in the world at the time, but it was incredibly dark. And uh, it became uh, so dark that it in the Bible, even after Babylon fell, the spirit of Babylon it refers to the darkness in our world. And so... And darkness being sin, yes. clarified. Not that... It's Alaska, and it's 24 hours of darkness. But <laughs> Right, yes. yes. Yeah, just the, the evil that's in the world. And he says in chapter 12 that those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever... More. And so we're excited to look at the example of Daniel. In the first six chapters, we'll get to learn about the prophet, and then in the last six chapters, we'll see prophecy. And it's one of these books that study didn't get to say this on Sunday, but this is a deeper dive. Um, it is it is one of those books that's studied by cultures that suffer because it points us to the hope that we have in Christ. And so the big theme, we talked about this jumping in the book, we saw in Daniel chapter 1 that God gave three different times. It says that God gave the people of Israel over into the hands of the Babylonians. We see that God gave Daniel uh, specifically favor before his leaders in Babylon, and then God gave Daniel wisdom later. And so it's the beginning of us seeing the theme of the book of Daniel will be the sovereignty of God, that God is in control, and God's going to be in control even in exile as they are in a place that is very dark. God's going to be in control. And 
I'm going into my sermon, so I, I'm almost. You done. are, and I, I do want to point out because this was one of the big discussions we had with the sermon application team. Again, behind the scenes, yes, we kind of meet and look at the scripture, help provide some wisdom and guidance. Really, God provides that, but just try to as we determine what's coming ahead. That really, many times we make Daniel the hero of the story. That's right. But the truth is, God is always the hero of the story. Yeah, uh, right. Daniel is God's working through Daniel through this whole thing. And it's, it's easy to make him the hero, but our goal, I, I think your goal as you preach this is God is the hero. Yeah. And, and you need to hear that every week. God is the hero. That's right. He is the hero. He is the hero. So we, just splitting the chapter kind of in half, first half, we see that the darkness is trying to indoctrinate in order to assimilate Babylon. He's They're, they're trying to send Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into three years of training in order to get their teaching into their life. But Daniel stands up to that. Uh, in verse 8, Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself. Favorite verse right there. Is Daniel resolved? Yes, he he made a decision in his heart. He made up his mind. Uh, different translations translate it different way, but uh, so and we talked about what does that mean? We're going to set ourselves apart, and that word literally is humble from the darkness in our in our culture. Those who shine will be holy. That's to set yourself apart and then humble. And we talked a little of what we're going to see throughout the book that Daniel is so respectful, even to uh, to this culture that is dark and evil. He doesn't expect the the darkness to live like the light. Uh, he's just going to shine like light in the darkness. And part of the way he does that is with truth, but he does it gracefully. And so. Uh, just cannot wait, really, uh, personally, to learn uh, as we see the, the the God of our world control the life of Daniel and to invite in our own lives that to happen as we live in our world today. Is it as dark as Babylon? Uh, no. Uh, do we see similar things in our... Yes. And so uh, what does it look like for us to shine? Daniel's going to show us. It's funny. You were saying Sunday, uh, you brought out the flashlight, and I always think of my eighth grade Sunday school class, Mr. Jim Anderson, because I went to church here. Mm -hmm. Jim Anderson was my, we called him Mr. Jim. And side note, we had three fist fights break out in eighth grade Sunday school class. How many did you start? I started none, okay. or I was in none. <laughs> I was in none. Well, can't say I didn't start them. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a pot stirrer. So at it was kind of like Babylon in your Sunday school class. A little, but one of the one of the fights was over. Can there be light in darkness? Like the minute you have light, is it dark? Right. Um, yeah, we just had someone come in to say hi to us. That's we did, but we'll, our... we'll keep going. We're recording in a different room today because if you didn't know, you want really behind the scenes. The big incident of the uh, everything overflowing a few months ago, they're now redoing the carpets. So we had to move our recording location if it sounds a little different. But, yep. um, and it's evidently not as private as the other one was. That's right. But anyways, can we have light in darkness? Like the minute you turn on a light, any bit, is it dark anymore? But... I thought got us way off track. I know when we talked about this before, before we get in questions, when we were talking before we started recording, you said something about uh, Daniel chose not to defile himself yep. and how he did that and some things you wish if you had more time in the sermon you would have brought up. So yes. once you dig into that a little deeper. 
Well, and we're going to see it a little bit in some of the questions that we we have. So uh, ne- I never get to get to all that I want to get to in a in a sermon. Uh, there's so much in Scripture, right? It's uh, living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. Um, I, I pointed out that Daniel set himself apart. He chose to, again, the wording, Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself, specifically with the king's food. And when I woke up uh, in the middle of the night, frankly, Monday early, early, I was thinking about how in our, in, in our lives, we part of the reason we battle, right, with what to do and what not to do is is we bring into our lives so much of the teaching of culture, right, because it's trying to indoctrinate us. And just to think about, for us, it's, it's usually not food that I think we have to say, no, I'm not going to do that at all. Uh, it's maybe the teaching of our culture that might come through what we read, what we watch, uh, maybe the friends that we're hanging out with, if they become our primary friends, the closest friends in our life. And so, uh, you know, I would encourage and challenge you, and it's what God's encouraging and challenging me with right now, to say, hey, what is it that we right now need to resolve that we will not defile ourselves with? Do we need to stop reading something, stop watching something, stop being closest friend with someone? Um, what does that look like? It's the old be in the world, but not of the world. Yes. We'll see that next uh, next week when we're in chapter two. Like, God doesn't take us from it. He sends us to it, right? Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward And that, to that leads me right into one of the questions. Good. Um, Daniel and his friends had to decide what parts of the culture they would adopt uh, and what parts they would reject. How do you determine the same in, in our culture that some would argue is very dark? Yeah. Um, how do you pick which parts you uh, – take in and adopt and which parts you uh, battle against. Yeah, so I'll, I'll do a deeper dive into the text here. You know, a lot of people think that the reason Daniel said no to this food is specifically because the Bible was blatantly clear, the Bible he had in his hands, about a kosher diet. Now, a kosher diet, though, does not cover all that he said no to because he says no to all meat, and he also says no to wine, now, the Bible does not forbid that in the kosher diet for the Jews. So he was doing more than that. Uh, some point out, well, uh, maybe the wine or the rest of the meat was sacrificed to idols. It could have been. But at that time, the grain was also sacrificed to idols. And so he's going to eat all things that come from seed, which is what some of our translations use the word vegetable. It would have included other grains. So it wasn't just also what was being sacrificed. So I think I think that he is saying no, yes, to some of what he has taught clearly in the Bible he was holding to not do as a Jew. But he was also saying no to the opulence, the the abundance, the pleasure seeking of his his world. So what does that look like for us? Well, I got to spend time with our seniors on Sunday uh, in the second hour. That's where I was during worship. And senior grade level, not senior. That's true. Thank you for clarifying. Yes. Our our high school seniors that are going to graduate, I get to be with them every spring and just give them a little challenge. But in 2 Timothy 2, 22, uh, which is a pretty easy verse to remember. uh, Ryan, too, should preach on that. There he he should. uh, He helps us with this. What do we say no to? He says you need to run from, run to, and run with. So you need to flee youthful passions. 
What does that mean? Well, if you back up earlier in 2 Timothy, the, the few verses he's saying right behind that is in a, in a house there is vessels for honorable use and dishonorable use. Some vessels that you would put stuff in that you're bringing into your body, that's an honorable use. Some vessels, because they didn't have sewage systems, that was the dishonorable vessels that was stuff that's coming out of your body, that you'd, you'd put them in those vessels in the house. He said you need to clean yourself from that stuff, right? That the, the gro- Like he's re- literally referring to our excrement, like is gross, right? And so I don't know what specifically that looks like for you, but the Bible is clear about sexual immorality. Like some, one of the things that boggles my mind right now that some in our culture have decided is okay is pornography. Uh, Jesus says specifically, don't look at a woman with lustful intent. If you do, you will commit adultery in your heart. Now, does that mean if you saw pornography, you're not going to go to heaven? No, God loves and forgives our sin, but say, no, we need to clean. What is it you're reading? Uh, and it may not just be watching something like that. You may be watching something that's prompting you to lash out in anger. You might be watching somebody playing a video game that is prompting you to start thinking in ways that you should not be thinking. Does that mean we have to say no to everything? No. Uh, Daniel doesn't say no to everything. He's, he still goes to school. Uh, he still reads their books, it looks like. He goes through their training. But he knew, I think, maybe what might have been a weakness for him, uh, that he was potentially going to go the direction of wanting to satisfy all that he his desires, the desires of the flesh at the table. So I think also sometimes, and this is, again, maybe more than this person was looking for, as you look deeper dive in the text here, that he's also, I think, just saying no to just the constant opulent offering and so maybe for you, saying no is, is saying no to just something else you could have, but it's just satisfying yourself. It's one of the reasons we fast, not because the Bible tells us we can't eat. We fast so that we say no to just satisfying our flesh all the time, and we focus on satisfying Him. Okay, this next question, uh, it's really simple, softball, and if you've, if you've gone to a Bible college, you probably had to take an Old and a New Testament class and all that, so uh, catch everyone up because we are in Daniel 1, but um, uh, what is the history and why was Daniel and others in exile? Why Good. were Daniel and others in exile? Yeah, so God had told his people when they were at Mount Sinai, I'm entering into a covenant relationship with you. If you follow me, I'm going to bless you. If you turn your back, I'm going to discipline you. And God does what he says he will do. He even gets abundantly clear, uh, and there's cycles of this all over Scripture. In fact, they go into the Promised Land, there's seven cycles in Judges where they rebel, and he sends people in to discipline them. They repent, then they turn back to follow him. God blesses. So the, there's two good kings out of the gate, David and Solomon's fairly good, but he does some stuff he wouldn't shut it, and then the kingdom splits. After it splits, northern kingdom uh, is just unbelievably evil, idol-worshiping, and they're overtaken by the Assyrians. Uh, Judah goes in and out of some good and some bad kings. They seem to be a little more faithful, but God even sees what they're doing, and he tells them in Jeremiah, in, uh, I'm about to say Ezekiel, Ezekiel talks about it also, but... Um, why am I dropping uh, what we read from Isaiah? Specifically. 47, that, I believe. Is, yeah, yeah. That it was Babylon that was going to come if they did not turn. The, the prophets, their, their, their theme is return to me. God's calling you. And in your life right now, if you're running from him, his first desire is not to discipline you. His first desire is that you would return to him just through hearing that he loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. So his first desire is that they would return. He tells them, return to me or Babylon's coming. They don't return. 
So Babylon comes. And so this is what's going on in the history. God's doing what he said he would do when they did what they shouldn't have done because he loves, just like you do with your children and I do with my children. We discipline our children because we love them. There's a secondary issue, and I also alluded to this on Sunday, that is true, and that's that God loves all people, not just his children, not just Christians or the Israelites. He loves the world. The Bible's clear on that. And so when he puts Daniel in this other culture, not only is he disciplining Israel, he's allowing Daniel to be a light in Babylon, which Daniel will be. We'll see. And a little more into that, the history of it, there was a north and a south kingdom, and the south goes first into exile, taken over, and then the north, uh, which is where Daniel was at, correct? Am I saying that right? I'm Daniel reversing Southern it. Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm reversing it. As I was saying it, I was going, wait, that's not... <laughs> but yes, and you can look into that a little bit. It's worth looking up because it kind of sets the table for uh, some of the dreams that... Some of the prophecy that comes up in the second half with the north and the south and a goat with four horns and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But um, it's worth looking into. Okay, last question, I think, for this day. But Daniel had a, had a close friendship. Mm-hmm. So one of the important things to as we study, he was not alone. Obviously, God was with him, mm-hmm. but he was not alone. He had a close friendship. Uh, what's the importance of having a friend next to you as you walk through the struggles of life? Yeah, unbelievably important. We, and again, this is one of the themes in the book of Daniel. We'll talk more about it. Uh, it's what, I, again, that was my main point with our high school students on Sunday. Run, run, run to, run with. He says, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call upon the Lord from a pure heart. So Paul is telling Timothy, hey, yeah, you should run from the culture, and you should run to Jesus, but you're not supposed to do that alone. Uh, You need to do that along with those who call upon the Lord from a pure heart. And so it's so important in Scripture. We see it with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were not doing it alone. Uh, They had Christian, not for them, Jewish peers that were pointing them and encouraging them to follow Christ. So, so important. When people ask me, how do you find that? Uh, we help. We try to help people find that in our church with groups. So important. Like if you're hurting right now, it might be a recovery group. If you're just looking for friends, it might be a life group. If you're trying to follow Jesus, it could be in a discipleship group. But trying to find real Christian friends, not just in a lecture setting, is something that we can't really give you in a worship service, right, is, is helping you grow those friendships. But church can help you find those friendships, and for you to find them is so important. So in my life, yes, uh, God has given me some of those friends. Rebecca and I have a life group right now. Um, it's our second one in this church, and it's been so good for us to have these friends. In our last church, I remember we were going to a larger group that was more just a lecture setting, and when we stopped at that group specific and it ended up in a smaller group setting, she first week came to me in tears and said, I feel like I have Christian friends again. She said for her, for the first time she felt like since college, and um, huge. So we want to help you find that. And if you're a life group leader, thank you for leading us that direction. One of our desires, even written out as one of our goals over the next two and a half years, it was a three-year vision when it was written, was for us to even do less program and elevate the relationship side of what our groups look like. We want to multiply, again, our, our multiply, multiply relationships. We believe discipleship grows at the speed of relationship. So important, and it is in Daniel. And I, I, I think 
that's harder. It's easy for us to say, get friends. I remember I worked in Canada uh, uh, in college. I went off and I worked at a wilderness survival camp in the middle of nowhere, northern Ontario, and it was awesome. But I went not knowing a soul. And you're sitting up there, and so I relate to Daniel, and I'm sure we all have those stories of we started a new school, we started a new job, and you don't know anybody. Yeah. And in my own life, it's easier said than done, but sometimes being a friend mm-hmm. is where you find those friends. That's right. But we don't have, there's no magic pill to take anything to suddenly you get those friends, but there is prayer, they're spending time, and and hopefully God will answer those, those prayers and put someone in your life to help you. But that is the key to survive, is to find those friends that help you out so you're not in this, you're not alone because God is there, and you need to remember God is there. But that's, that's I think, a vital part of reading Daniel is he had friends, and it's hard for that person that has just moved into a new environment or is in their own kind of exile, and they're like, where are people around me? Um, and there's not an easy way to say it, but you need those friends. That's right. And friends aren't perfect. There's only one perfect one. That's Jesus, right? Uh, but yeah, what you just said is huge. The way you find those friends is you become a friend like that, like uh, a dating talk that maybe y'all have heard before, and I'm sure I'm take, taking words out of the mouth of somebody's uh, teacher better than me. But the way you find a significant other is you become the kind of person, the kind of person you're looking for is looking for, right? A similar kind of way with friendship. Uh, you, you start laying your life down, shining like a light in your environment, giving and serving and being there for other people. And you'll find there, there will be people that will rise to the top that will be able to be a friend to you as well. And it, it might be in there without studying it fully to see how Daniel impacted his friends, and we'll read about them as the fiery furnace. Now, mm-hmm. it is interesting. I don't want to get into it, mm-hmm. and you pointed out Sunday how we use the um, Assyrian names or the Babylonian names mm-hmm. for the, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yeah, but yeah. we don't for Daniel and all that. But that's for another day. Um, but we can see how Daniel's influence on them and their influence on Daniel throughout this book. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I kind of want to wrap it up for day, mm-hmm. today, but give you the final word. Mm-hmm. Um, also know that, again, I said this at the beginning, but like, share this podcast, let people know about it, especially as we get into some of the harder subjects, harder content of Daniel, because mm-hmm. uh, we would love your questions. You can send in a question. Uh, by texting the word question to 96123. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been awesome today. I'm looking forward to, if you're in our church uh, this week, we have a baptism Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about baptism probably next episode of this podcast, and then we'll be digging into Daniel 2. And then uh, to let you know, I said this last week, but Daniel will carry all the way through the summer into August. Uh, the very first of August, and kind of be looking at a chapter a week as we go. There's a couple breaks with Mother's Day, Father's Day, and this baptism, but we hope you'll stay with us. We'll, you'll tell somebody, you'll share this, and most importantly, you'll ask the questions that we can sit here and discuss. Now, Sam, I want to yeah. give you the last word as yeah. we go for the day. Yeah, we'll full circle it back around to the real hero is Jesus. And on Sunday, I did it a different way than I'll do it right now. But just like Daniel left Israel to end up in Babylon, God loves us enough that he sent his son, left heaven, uh, to be on earth in the darkness, right? And Daniel is going to stand up to the earthly king, Nebuchadnezzar, that is, again, accused of being almost demonic. Jesus stood up to the 
enemy, ultimate devil himself, the prince of demons, and he won. He's already overcome. And so for you and I as followers of Christ, we, we don't have to win the battle. It's ultimately won. Now, the war is won. We get to step in and shine his lights right now through the power that he gives us. The one who's in control can control you as a believer in Jesus as you submit to the Spirit's lead in your life to be a light. So wherever you are today, you're there on purpose. God God has placed you there. If, you're, if you feel like it's a dark environment, uh, be a light. Be a light for the glory of Jesus. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting QUESTION to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.